As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. In five, four, three. Oh, we're live now. Okay. Oh, hello. All right. Hey, 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 hey. How we doing? How we doing? Uh, welcome to uh, episode 26 of Tiger Heart Chats. Um, we're at ISC um, in Barcelona. This podcast is done in partnership with IC 2022. We're actually doing this live right now on LinkedIn, only the first kind of portion of the podcast, but I just thought I'd let you know if you're watching it on LinkedIn now, make sure you share this with all your friends, hashtag IC 2022. Um, I'm really happy to be here. I love IC. I love Barcelona. I love the people that I'm working with at IC. Um, big shout out to the team for making this happen. We have got an amazing guest, this lady, right? I've only met her a few days ago and already we've become like really cool friends. She's one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. Like seriously, like I feel whenever I talk to this person, I'm like, what, what, what you, you've done that? You've done this? It's like really, really cool, but it's brilliant. And I'm so glad she's given us her time right now. Please welcome to the stage, the wonderful, wonderful CEO of Hatsumi, Sarah Tika. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. You're right. Good. Thank this you is, so this, much for having me. Mate, it's so good to have you here. Um, is this weird, this whole camera it's thing? It's weird. It is weird. It's kind yeah, of a bit, like, bit I kind you of know. just want to like look at you. Yeah, I know, but you're like... Uh, camera, but... Uh, uh, just looking at yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. I just look at you. Yeah, okay. I'll look yeah, at you too. Okay. really <laughs> intense eye contact. The whole time. Let's eye gaze. Eye gaze. In the next hour. Hey, hey. existence. I'm just going to do a quick uh, kind of shout out to everyone that's listening on LinkedIn. Um, we're in the Influencers Lounge. If you want to come here come down there's loads of free food so much free food croissants croissants tiny croissants but it means you can have like five yeah yeah That's okay sandwiches fruit there's Thank a wonderful wonderful man here called fabio who's really attentive we love fabio we love fabio make sure you get his autograph before you go because he is just such a dude um but also the the team here as well will we'll answer any questions for you if you've got any questions and the wi-fi is really good as well but yeah love that wi-fi back to the podcast so, Sarah, um, you and I, we've only known each other a couple of days. There's a couple of people that are listening to the podcast who don't know you. Give us a brief background about yourself. And I'm going to put that a little bit closer to you. A little bit closer. Yeah, yeah. Go um, for it. Bit of background to myself. Um, so I work broadly in the field of virtual reality and healthcare and sort of how uh, that can intersect with contemporary art and how you can bring together artists and video games designers with 
doctors and researchers and patients with lived experience. Wow. And how long have you been doing that for? Um, I think it's been about five, six years now. Okay. I'm kind of losing track of time. It's all melding into each other. But I didn't plan to do any of this at all. I think I sort of fell into it accidentally. Awesome. So, so talk to us about your journey. Like, How did you fall into this industry? which is a very vibrant industry. It's a, it's a fun industry yeah. to be in. But um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to be an archaeologist. I was well up for being an archaeologist and ended up kind of getting um, into anthropology. I studied anthropology at university. So wow. I did biological and social anthropology and, and studied abroad in Japan as well. Nice. And um, it was actually just uh, the final year of university was when my dad became really unwell and, uh, and he passed away very quickly. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, no, it's not, not the one. And so, um, yeah, so he passed away just as I had finished my degree. And I think that's a really interesting moment where it's just like you're not carried by academia anymore and you sort of have to decide what to do with your life. And I was like, I have no idea. Right. And, um, and I, started, I started working. I was volunteering in this contemporary arts organization in, in Brighton and there was this amazing sort of installation about grief and loss and I'd never really sort of engaged with the arts much at that point and, and didn't really understand what, what it was until I was standing in this gallery and just speaking to people and being like, what does this mean to you? And I just ended up having these amazing conversations with people about like grief and, and their own sort of lives. And I never knew that the arts could do that. Wow. And, uh, and so I ended up being a, a manager, the office manager uh, in the gallery and moving into um, film as well. Which gallery was that? Sorry to... So it's called Fabrica, Fabrica, Fabrica. Gallery. So it's um, yeah, a contemporary arts organisation housed inside a former Regency church. So they commissioned site-specific installations. So that was my real introduction to immersive. Right. Uh, and then they would do all these amazing workshops and talks and events, sort of satellite events around each exhibition. And so you get to really explore ideas from, from so many different lenses, um, which I loved, which I really, really loved. So I then went from there to working in, in film. And, um, and it was actually during that time that I became quite unwell myself. Okay, talk to us about that. So um, I, I went on holiday and it was whilst I was away and sort of traveling around um, that I had what was later described as a psychotic episode. Whoa. And, uh, and it was kind of terrifying, but also incredible experience. And it was only once I came back to the UK and, and started to seek help that I felt like I wasn't quite getting the help that I needed or wanted. Right. And, um, and so I was in the, the psychologist's office and they were, they were offering me lithium. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I actually need that. I feel quite sentient. I feel like I'm not really being listened to right and I started to sort of see almost like the the doctor's office is like a performance space that you have this short amount of time to describe what's happened to you and then they need to kind of like send you down like the right pathway yep and um that's a very interesting view statistic is on average you have about 11 seconds to convey your condition to a doctor before you'll be interrupted wow just not very that's not cool no that time yeah and 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 so that moment for you was that where you, you 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 needed to make a decision, or were you still in the the midst of this this psychotic episode that that, that occurred? No, I think it was quite a. Um, it happened within quite a condensed piece of time. So I think after that, it was more of just like, oh my god, what's happened? Like, what does this mean? Like, you kind of feel like you're losing your validity in yep. some ways to be given a label like that, and 
I think I was really quite able to advocate for myself in that moment, but it's quite frightening when you've got all this sort of information yep. sort of thrown at you. So I've been quite lucky, like nothing like that has happened again since. And I was really like, okay, maybe I need to deal with my grief. Maybe there's like some things I need to explore now. Right. But, um, but I got really interested in how you start to tell stories about these sort of experiences. And so that's where I got interested in virtual reality, the idea that you can kind of show the world through somebody else's lens. Yep. And then discovered all the different ways that, that virtual reality was actually used uh, for mental health and sort of broadly in healthcare and how it's used in uh, like PTSD, exposure therapy, mindfulness, um, pain management. Wow. And I was just like, wow, like I've never heard of this, but that's, that's amazing that you can kind of take this, this tool that I thought was for gamers and, and storytellers and actually, you know, use this as a way of improving people's health and, and making them want to do it as well. If you can make these things beautiful and interesting. It's so interesting. So, so I've, I've been exposed to the VR space for a while and um, there's, there's been lots of talk about how it can um, help soothe people um, who are struggling with, with their mental health. And it's the first time I've actually heard an account from someone um, a practitioner of, 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 of virtual reality art where it's actually shown them that it can help people. And it's really interesting to hear you say that because, I mean, we, we've been speaking for the last few days, but I, 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 I didn't understand that uh, before. Well, I wasn't exposed to that side of your story and it's a really interesting um, thing to say. So you, you've been working with that medium. Um, well, that's how you were exposed to that medium and it's allowed you to be creative um, a lot of the things you've shown me, are, are, are the things I've been exposed to, are more kind of creative specific as opposed to um, the mental health things that you've worked on. Talk to us about that connection because it sounds like they're, that, you know, they're, both, they're, both, they're both there to help. Um, and sometimes I feel uh, when people try to use technology to heal people, it can be quite rational, um, which can be problematic. Or it sounds like the things you're doing are, are, are very helpful. So talk to us about that connection. How did you find that sweet spot? So it was when I was first exploring the role of, of VR and talking about mental health that um, I ended up uh, working with a, uh, an organization, well, with the University of New South Wales in Sydney that were running this festival called the Big Anxiety Festival that was a big arts and, and mental health festival that was about bringing together academics and, and artists to explore mental health. And so I became a virtual reality curator there and I put on this whole exhibition about how VR could be used to talk about, but it also improved mental health. And um, it was whilst I was there that I met this um, incredible researcher that had been working with this sort of arts and health method called body mapping for a really long time. And so body mapping uh, is this experience where traditionally you would trace around your body on this large piece of paper you go through a mindfulness experience and, for example, think, what does my anxiety look like in my body? Now, where do you feel that? Do you feel like a sort of churning in your stomach? Is it green or purple? Does it fizz? Does it look like fire or electricity? And, um, and I was trying to draw that. I was trying to draw my own like, sort of experience of psychosis because yep. I think, you know, we, we, we see our brains and bodies as two very separate things, but, you know, we feel emotions like all through us right yeah like just when you see like an amazing immersive exhibition and you get like chills like you really feel that and um and so i tried doing these drawings but i'm a terrible artist like i can't <laughs> draw for shit. 
<laughs> so, um, and so because I'd been playing around with VR for a while and I came across all these amazing 3D drawing experiences like Google that made Tilt Brush and I loved the idea that you could float through space and paint with fire. And so I became interested in how you can translate this into a virtual reality experience so that you could draw on the skin or inside the body or even outside the body as well. We found that lots of people do that. Mm. And so we've been developing it over the years as a tool to help patients better communicate their experience to a doctor instead of it being like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how much does it hurt? being like, I feel it like, you know, deep in my chest and it's like this, this kind of black like weight. And then someone could be like, tell me more about that. Wow. Um, so helping people feel better understood, helping doctors get a deeper understanding of, of what's going on that, to hopefully create um, a sort of more accurate and faster diagnosis alongside those more standardized quantitative measures. Yep but also um, how we can use this as a public engagement tool. How can we talk to... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. People about how we feel things in our bodies. And um, we developed an installation for children um, in collaboration with um, an artist group that I work with in the Netherlands called Monobanda, where we made a version for children where um, they create their own artworks. They then get to step into that body and, and sort of dance with it and play with it. And then all the artworks can come together into a, a terracotta army of human emotion so that you can see them all like start side by side and look at all the different ways that we sort of experience these very intangible um, experiences and making them visible. That's amazing. It, it, like... There's one thing I've noticed about you is you're so creative, like you're just oozing creativity. <laughs> and, and some of the subjects you, you. deal with, um, uh, you know, are, are, can be perceived to be quite dusty. And it sounds like you just disrupted all of those uh, perceptions and made something that um, made things that are really inspiring your audience. Um, it's quite clear you've done a lot of like incredible things. Um, where do you see the challenges? Because obviously you've done, there's lots of projects that we're going to talk about now, but you've done lots of things. Um, where, where are the challenges when you work on these types of uh, initiatives and, and how do you overcome them? So, um, yeah, when I moved back to the UK, then I was like, because oh, this originally was going to be a PhD project. And then right, okay. a few experiences that made me think, maybe not. And so I came <laughs> back to the UK and was just like, cool. So I want to like develop this sort of art science you know, experience. I want to take it into hospitals. I want to, you know, work with amazing creatives. 
And I was really excited to come back to the UK because I was like, my God, we've got things like the NHS, right? Like we could like bring this to hospitals all around the country. We could get like grant funding. It would be amazing. I could go to the Arts Council, but I could also get healthcare funding. But, um, but I spoke to all these different founders that are doing all sorts of things in, in, in VR and, and healthcare from, you know, training and physiotherapy to pain management. I was like, how does this work? Like, who do you talk to? Like, you know, where do you get your funding? And they were like, it's complicated and it's yeah. hard. And, and knocking on the doors of the NHS and being like, do you want to try my VR experience is not that easy. Right. I think someone described it really well that everyone thinks that the NHS is like this big whale, but it's actually a school of fish. Mm, it's true. And, um, and it's new technology that's completely unregulated that people don't understand. And so that's where my other work sort of comes in that I, I started to speak to organizations like Immerse UK, that sort of central organization for supporting the um, immersive uh, community in the UK and was like there's, there's so much opportunity for this but it's really fragmented and you've got the academics over here that are publishing their papers and making these projects but they're kind of you know published on them and then it and then it dies and then they move on to the next thing and then you've got artists and like outsiders and people like me that are like I want to make this thing but I don't know who to make it with yeah and um and uh and then I uh also saw how it was used in like tech and all the different ways that um, tech was sort of not engaging in this. So it's really about how you bring all these different people together. Yep. Um, and how do you enable that? Um, and so over the last few years, we've been working with um, the NHS to create this, well, we, to kind of knocking their doors saying, come on, we need a strategy here. Yep. And so we uh, created a report last year called The Growing Value of XR in Healthcare that was really wow. sort of, uh, looking at all the different applications of, of VR in health and kind well, of saying, well, how do we bring together these people? So, so was that, um, uh, that was a Hatsumi initiative, that report? It started as a Hatsumi initiative. Yep. It sort of evolved into something, something quite new. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we started a new organization called the XR Health Alliance. So developed wow. that with... Um, my colleagues, uh, Fiona Kilkelly, who's part of the founder of Immerse UK, and Rossi O'Brien, who previously worked for the NHS. He did some amazing stuff using uh, immersive technology to support uh, people from Grenfell to actually create new pathways to getting them support, psychological support through creating these amazing um, sort of VR hubs where they would be facilitated by psychologists and people could come in and paint with fire in space and play these games, but actually talk to people about their own experiences yeah, as yeah. well. And it was there that he sort of discovered how VR could be used. So we're like a little Voltron of people <laughs> that know industry and uh, me as sort of like the, the weirdo researcher, artist, industry person. Then Ross, it's like embedded in the NHS. And we sort of brought together our skills to say, well, there are all these challenges, um, but how do we actually work with government? How do you get Innovate UK supporting these new projects? Yep. Um, how do you get people like Health Education England embedding it into their immersive training? And how do you go to the NHS and stay, say, how about we, we build this from the inside and yep. actually things like NHS X, which is like the technology arm of NHS X or the, the NHS, thinking about how that sort of could be rolled out um, nationwide instead of in these little pockets yeah 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 um it's just so refreshing this you you really um you've really sort of injected a, a, a huge amount of energy into a very stuffy space um where do you get your energy <laughs> well i think it 
it's not stuffy at all. I think it's it's super interesting wow. because it's like a whole new way of doing things, right? Yep. I love that you can sit in a room with like a video game developer and a neuroscientist and uh, and a doctor and just be like, cool, what, what are we fixing here? And that 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 translation, it's kind of part of the challenge sometimes, but that you're you're having people from these two very different worlds yep. that want to co-create something. And how do you create that language, um, that kind of sweet spot in the middle where you're both kind of working to to create something that I find amazing. Um, and I want to enable more of that because, you know, you go to a conference and you see everyone like doing the same things as you. And it's like, there's almost like less to talk about. You're like, oh, there's that new. Yeah. Watch out. That's cool. Rather than, I love like walking around here and, and, and speaking to people at all these like different stands. And they're and, and just like, yeah, you could do this. Like you get some mad artists working with you to create this and it could actually like help people. Yeah. And, um, and people's like eyes light up and go, oh, I didn't think about it. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, the, well, my eyes are lighting up just from talking to you. <laughs> Serious, you know, it's, um, it's nice. It's really nice. Um, cool. So um, you talked about um, Hatsumi um, and the, uh, the kind of progressive in- initiatives that you're um, deploying, which is awesome. Let's talk about you as a person and let's talk about AR House. <laughs> because <laughs> that was really interesting you were talking about it last night when we, we, were, we were at the, the hotel bar um, tell us about AR House AR House what a place what a place <laughs> so um, so a few years ago I, I met this amazing artist called uh, Lucas Risotto he's got a great YouTube channel called Lucas Builds the Future it's all about sort of creating sci-fi technology but he did this tweet with um uh, last year, him and his mate Aidan Wolf, he's an incredible AR um, artist as well that you should definitely follow. And they just did this tweet and just said, wouldn't it be cool if a bunch of artists working in AR could live together? And uh, a bunch of people responded and said, I'd pay to see that happen. And with, within two weeks, they'd raised enough funds to go hire out a mansion in the Hollywood Hills. Wow. Uh, complete with hot tub, pool, turret. And, uh, <laughs> and like no investors, no equity, just like people from the community that were like, we want this, we want to support this. And so it's been running for like eight months now. Oh. And so each month they will have different artists from, from the AR, VR world coming together to create bonkers projects. And it's amazing. We did like hackathons every weekend um, and just sort of experimenting with the medium and actually kind of getting to know each other and creating community where yep. so many people were, you know, working in isolation or kind of working in their full-time jobs. We had people from Apple there. Um, Snapchat ended up sponsoring the house, Niantic, yep. Lightship as well. And then also, you know, running all these events and we do things like community dinners um, where you just get to sit down and chat to people. We'd have fireside chats with spicy questions. The tombola of spicy questions was <laughs> excellent. And a big part of it was like, especially after the pandemic, was like, how do you actually get together? And how do we um, like have really meaningful conversations in a fun place? Like yep. how, being an immersive as well, I'm so interested in how environment completely transforms the, the types of conversations that you have. Absolutely. And that you could just like have a pool party and talk to like Doja Cat's AR designer and just be like, oh, um, yeah, tell me more about that. Like whilst we like drink cocktails. <laughs> how long were you there for? So I ended up being there for, for two months in the end. Right. I actually was uh, running a delegation 
of um, after the report that we uh, released, then we right. took a delegation of people from the NHS and, and government and research out to California to speak at a conference and go and see some of the amazing hospitals out there doing some great work. And then I applied to join the house and stayed for a month. And then it was January and I was like, I could go back to the UK <laughs> or I could just like stay another month. So. And did you like LA, Hollywood Hills? Uh, yeah. Yes and no. Okay. Like it's um, it's very extreme. I feel like it's either yeah. the kind of most amazing place in the world, and you're meeting fantastic people, or it's just scary. Yeah. Scary, very scary. Yeah, and I yeah. think um, uh, there's a lot of challenges with LA. I think like the driving thing's very bizarre, but I think also like just the the issues with homelessness, yep. and mental health, and just seeing like people living side by side that are so unbelievably wealthy next to people that are so poor and really need help and um and i think i found that quite hard to live with at some point yeah um, so i've got um my, my one of my best friends lives in la and whenever i go out there i always stay with her um and it's it's a beautiful city there's so much creativity there specifically within the film space it's kind of like that city's made for film but there's lots of other things going on there and there's lots of really cool conversations but it is um a place where lots of people gravitate towards with dreams and a lot of those dreams a lot of those people have unfulfilled dreams and there's a lot of uh, drug use um america as beautiful as it as it is you could be someone in a wheelchair going backwards up a hill with a, punch, a flat tire and no one will help you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, it's, it, it, I find that scary. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can, I can understand that. Um, when, within the environment though, that you were at, it sounded like it was very creative. Um, who, who curated that creativity? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really unique environment. I think there's mm. probably not many places in LA like that. Yeah. But it, it felt very much like a, a sort of family vibe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was very well curated. So Lucas and Aiden are the co-founders of, of AR House. And I think they were really thoughtful. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply about who they brought in that it was a really diverse bunch of people that it wasn't a bunch of like tech bros yep. uh that it was people doing you know a real range of things um and that yeah there was just it was and it was the, the real core concept of it was around playfulness yep. it wasn't about like you know you have to you know get ten thousand views on your snapchat lens by this point it was just like let's experiment and and play around and make AR projects using like pool noodles or 
And it was, a, it was a real learning process because there's no one like breathing down their neck. They were like, well, what's important? Like, what can we explore? And so they started to um, have more specific um, kind of theme thematic months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, January was um, fashion in the end. So we had these incredible artists from Brazil, um, two amazing women, Mariana um, and Victoria, that had never met each other until they got in the... Uh, plane and they've been collaborating ever since making all these amazing AR fashion outfits doing NFT drops together they've been in Vogue now wow. they're working with all these like incredible artists and the, it was a real opportunity to elevate people yep. um, and say like look at these incredible people that are here and making things and yeah so many great projects have come out of it people from Stanford University's sort of RX group um, lovely chap called VR Human that I really recommend following that does some amazing work. He was um, part of Artifact that um, work that ended up getting acquired by Nike that wow. does amazing things around sort of NFT trainers. I don't know, can't keep up <laughs> with it all, but um, but just really good people, you know, yep. that are just like want to talk about this and what it it means instead of just like, I just want to make an NFT line and drop that. Exactly. Like, I, exactly. I want to create. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, I mean, you know, we talk about new technologies, specifically like NFTs now, everyone's talking about them. But the, the key question is, what does it mean? You know, that, that, that should be the first question as opposed to, um, oh, you know, have you done an NFT? No, we need to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that it's good that you say that. And also... Elev elevating communities like I, I love that like that's I think that's so important because because that's when good things come when you kind of support each other and be creative together and yeah and, and, uh, and it's together. enabling artists in new ways as well like instead of like yeah like now you can you can create art that you can actually like get money for and I think it's so hard being a digital artist sometimes and the constant stories you hear of people trying to balance doing all the corporate stuff to enable them to do the creative right like saying like no like you can be funded to to do that and it's kind of this yeah decentralized power in a way that people can use can can make money from their art mm. i think there's so many challenges with the nft space like i'm not going to pretend i'm an expert i think there's like, everyone's starting to chuck around all these words around like web three and the metaverse and they're like oh you work in the metaverse i'm like what is the metaverse i know very little about nfts like my thing is like vr and i've dabbled a bit in ar now but mm. um but everyone just thinks we're doing the same thing but it's it's great to see that it's empowering yeah yeah and, and that is the key word empowerment um, so let's let's talk about your music career. <laughs> let's talk about Lemonade. Lemonade. Yeah. Yeah, that's um yeah, my kind of yeah, latest latest venture. Ah. Um I was introduced to a really brilliant chap a few years ago, um, called Graham Luckhurst, who um used to run a label in Brighton called Mr. Bongo, and he was like, There's not enough innovation in music and was kind of interested in in my world in um, sort of VR. And so we just got chatting, just kept on like meeting up for beers and being like, what's something interesting that we could do here? And uh, we collaborated with a good friend of mine, Math J Alvarez. We made like an interactive music video. Wow. Where um, you could in VR, like put all the stems of the songs into objects within the space. And That's so you wicked. could sort of play around with the sound 
spatially and we were like oh this is interesting but what do you do with that like vr is still quite inaccessible and everyone just wants to make a, a gig in vr basically yep. and i feel like there's more to that absolutely um and then the pandemic hit and we just kept on chatting and i was like but i, I, I want to be outside I, I love this idea of like kind of space and music and playing around and that's where the idea of sort of lemonade emerged which yep. is um sort of pokemon go meets silent disco wow so creating music, like music for sort of site-specific locations. Gotcha. So it's almost like an audio walk that you can go somewhere, go down to Brighton Pier, and you hear a sort of introduction of, you know, this, this place is important or interesting to me yep. because of this. Um, and then you get to hear the song that's sort of created exclusively for that place. Wow. Um, I love, the, I mean, that terminology, audio walk, have you patented that? No, there's, there's a few out there. Oh, is there? There's definitely okay. a few different sort of, yeah. I mean, we did an audio walk yesterday, kind of, right? We did. We did a guided tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so where, where, where is Lemonade at the moment? Um, so we have just uh, finished the product. Uh, we just got some really great funding from Innovate UK. So we've just completed that. We are dropping walks uh, all around the world now looking for new collaborations with people, speaking to tourist boards, but also um, brands and labels uh, and artists, most importantly, yep. to really sort of co-curate uh, experiences that are genuinely interesting, that are not just dropping songs in places, but thinking about, you know, how does music and place really come together and help people experience places in in new ways as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like you're curating um, an audio art experience, um, but not in a confined space. But that, that's that's an interesting perspective yeah. on, on an audio walk. Yeah, and I'm really interested in like making it a bit weird as well, making things a bit more playful and interesting. Yep. Like I like the idea of like time-bound music that you could only hear this song on the beach at sunset yep. or if it's raining or if 10 of you have managed to like unlock a code and yeah. uh, kind of, yeah, discover that together. Um, and just really encouraging people to go outside. Yeah, and yeah. That was kind of my, my key to sanity during lockdown was like those walks where I just put a podcast on and just kind of do the same route every day that kind of got a little bit monotonous so the idea that you could be like well i wonder what's kind of being created today mm. that you could sort of explore things that you wouldn't have considered as well as more specific things like oh kanye's dropped a new album in london i'll travel to london to yep. go hear that before it's being sort of released internationally yeah i mean i think that's where the commerciality of uh, that opportunity lies. Uh, I think that's, I mean, that was the first thing I thought of straight away. Like, oh, how do we do that? Um, but I love the fact that it's, um, that it, you can make it playful. You know, you can make it fun. Um, and, and that experience is new, uh, unique to you, uh, which is really interesting. Um, where are you from? I'm from Brighton. Originally from Brighton. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Grew up in Brighton keep on trying to leave but it just keeps on like dragging me back it's like why would you want to be anywhere else we've got the sea like you can walk everywhere yeah. like there's some amazing work supporting sort of the kind of intersection of like the creative and technology sectors yeah. there which yeah. i've always really appreciated is it is it um is it uh, i think it's unity's base there as well the uk unity's yeah, base yeah. There. done a couple of talks there yeah yeah it's massive. Like right by the station yep. but yeah and i'm kind of in this new co-working space as well that's amazing called plus x we've got a maker space 
on the ground floor with wow. you know, laser cutters, 3D printers. We've got a VR lab, podcasting studio, a rooftop terrace. There are no rooftop terraces in Brighton. But um, yeah, accelerator programs to support um, like startups and businesses and like lots of free food. <laughs> appreciate. And how long has that been there? So that's quite new. I think they've been running for about two and a half years now. Oh, okay. But it's 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 great because it's quite it can be quite lonely running your businesses. Yep. Um, I know and that it's feeling. a lot of like working out of your living room, like feeling very solitary. Because I have a lot of collaborators, but they're kind of based all over the shop. Most of them are in the Netherlands or you know other various across the country. Or, yep have kids and just have to like kind of be over there and looking after them yep. so just having a community to be part of and you know make a coffee and just like can I just talk to you about this for a second yeah it, I mean it's so important to... it's so important I, I think a lot of um, uh, independent professionals who run their own businesses from a laptop um, it, you know it's great to work from home and, and, and the COVID era has kind of taught us that that can be healthy um, but it's so much more important to be part of a community um, if, you know even just saying hello to someone can can do so much uh you know can give you so much uh power and mm -hmm. in, in, in when you are being creative or trying to connect etc yeah. um so you touched on covid um how did the covid era affect you um what did it mean for you as a business professional and what did you learn from that whole period yeah cool i've not been asked that question before mm. it was I mean, I think I've, I was very lucky in some ways that everything I was doing was already very digital and online because all my collaborators work in other places. But yeah, I just sort of set up shop at home, basically, and just really sort of plugged away with, um, with a lot of my work. But I think it really made people more open to the idea of immersive. Right. Uh, and, and, and healthcare as well. But I think lots of people like didn't quite get it. Right. And the, um, that was when we wrote the report, the growing value of XR in healthcare report, very catchy title. <laughs> I think people like more open to it because it's like, well, here are opportunities for telemedicine as well. How can we actually create therapies that could be available to people at home? So um, I think one really amazing example is um, using VR for um, pulmon pulmonary rehab, so pulmonary lung rehabilitation. Right. Um, so usually you would get sort of your diagnosis for COPD and you would, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent. But no, it's fine. Rolling with it. I love tangents. Um, so you usually get your diagnosis. You probably have to wait like three months until you could start to get your therapy appointment. So you'd have to go into the hospital, do um, your sessions like twice a week, um, but with this sort of amazing solution that a doctor up in uh, Cumbria, Dr. Farhan Amins created, that within a week you can have a VR headset uh, posted to you and you can do your rehabilitation in virtual reality because it's an embodied medium, wow. right? You're kind of doing your exercising and sort of movements. And instead of kind of schlepping it to the hospital twice a week, you're just sitting on a beach in VR and people are doing it every single day. Wow. And uh, you're getting like more adherence. You can sort of monitor like if people are, uh, patients are engaging, like you're making it, yeah, more fun and interesting. And you're reducing that exacerbation of um, the condition because you're kind of giving them the intervention immediately. Yep. And so examples like that, people are like, oh, okay, maybe it's not just a gimmick. Maybe there's some real, um, you know, legs to this and yeah, so yeah. really good timing that that's when the report came out because we really have to uh think more about how digital is going to play a role in our lives but also like how healthcare really needs to kind of you know change. adapt and change yep. and meet people where they're at and we're all at home yeah 
on a personal level with regards to COVID, um, how have you changed? I think I really um, value, I think I've like life and experiences and just that you, anything could be taken away at any point and how important your social circle are and feeling connected. Yeah. I think um, just craving live music or like seeing people in person and looking them in the eyes. Mm. Um, I, I think I was just so aware of like my senses during COVID because day yeah. to day you're running around, you're having all, the, all these things happening. But when it's just like the same and monotonous, then I'm really aware of that. And suddenly I was like, I, I really want to think about like the, the fabric of my clothes, what things smell like, like the food I'm cooking. I want to share this food with people. Um, and it's really made me think about like how you curate your day-to-day -day life instead of just getting calendar invites and people asking you to do things. I think being really thoughtful about like what is important yeah. and who you want to share this with and uh, the kind of things you want to do while you're still alive. Because like this was a, a sort of mass grieving we have lost millions of people yeah and i think there was a lot of kind of trying to survive and being like wow there's some really st scary stuff going on and i just can't engage with it mm. um but yeah the amount of people that i've lost like it's i'm sorry hard yeah yeah really, really hard and not being able to hug the the people that you love that are also grieving absolutely and, and i i agree with you i i feel um the covid era has really made me think about how um how much gain i've i've cranked or not cranked um with my uh senses um because you i feel before covid and i'm generalizing here majority of people were kind of numb to what's going on around them you know they were getting on this long commute they were bumping into people before they got to work and then they'll focus on this one thing and that perspective is just kind of flipped mm. we're still doing the same kind of things but there's much more awareness about what we are as as a, as a human being and how we experience things around us yeah. um and our priorities as well like the amount of people that have been like what am i doing with my life like yeah. does this make me happy yeah is this actually how i want to spend like all of my like you know awake hours do, like doing this and so it's amazing seeing all the different uh, kind of career changes the yeah. amount of people that are um, starting new businesses like moving to be closer to family like giving everything up to cycle around the world and yeah uh, yeah that it's it kind of it kind of gives a sort of existential reflection absolutely and as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. That, that reflection has kind of galvanized 
um, what we are as, as, a, as a human race, I think. Um, you know, you, there's, there's still that uh, aspect of human nature that's very kind of uh, capitalist, um, the focus on, you know, where the value is from a financial perspective. But I think people, generally speaking, are, are a little bit more kind of open to not having to worry about that anymore um, because life is just too damn short, you know. Yeah. Um, so talk to about um, you at uh, ISE. How did you get involved in ISE? Um, I know you're an influencer like me here. <laughs> and we've been very looked after by ISE. Yeah, I've been very looked after. Yeah. Um, I never thought of myself as an influencer. <laughs> so I was quite shocked to receive this sort of lovely invitation right. to, to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, so, so Amelia Kalman, who's yes. been hosting all these amazing meetups. So we've been, Amelia. Amelia. <laughs> so great. Big fan of her work. So I've followed her for a long time and we've sort of chatted over the years. I've been on her podcast before and she sort of recommended um, me to come out. And, uh, and I was like, what is this place? It's a very like corporate sort of tech conference. And then sort of looked at all the stuff going on and was like, oh all right so there's like this big sort of yeah immersive art experience that we're like sitting next to right now that yeah have like Rafik like giving this amazing talk about his installation um that there's actually like some really kind of incredible stuff going on there's a whole stage about uh women in sound and like really talking about like diversity in the sound industry and um I'm just loving it. I'm actually really loving it. I'm just going to all the different stores and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's really fascinating. So there's a real like thread of like, you know, obviously quite corporate stuff, but the, the, the kind of cutting edge of innovation and talking to the people that are actually making those decisions, but also that there's this kind of really sort of creative aspect and that it feels very interdisciplinary, Yeah, which I'm digging. I mean, um, ISC's changed a lot. It's changed a lot. I mean, it's you know, at the end of the day, it's a it's a business trade event. It's about the business of audiovisual. But I've noticed that that um, I think there was a problem before. There was not enough creativity. It was just you know the rational viewpoint of you know this is a screen. What does this screen do? Mm-hmm. As opposed to you know this is a platform. How do we express a narrative with that platform? Mm-hmm. And it it's changed dramatically. I, I, I was, and I mean this with respect to ISE. When I was asked to come here, I was a bit kind of worried because it was like, oh god, I'm going to spend quite a few days in a very corporate environment. But it's been completely different. Just the way they've curated the event, it's been really expressive. Like as you mentioned, Rafiq, who's a fantastic visual artist. Whoever's listening. Um, try, you know, just check him out. Up, like my God, it's wild. It's baffling just yeah. the, what he does, um, t- and to have him be, uh, you know, one of the kind of uh, uh, ambassadors of AV from a creative perspective is was a really important decision, um, and I feel like they've curated a good team between us as well. You know, as influencers, you know, you said to yourself or you said to us that. Um, you know, you don't see yourself as an influencer. My God, like everything you just told me <laughs> in the last few days and just now, you've got so much, there's so much to give there. Um, so, I'm, you know, it's, it's wonderful. So you should, shouldn't play yourself down. Definitely. Well, it's just, I think it's a very culturally loaded term. Yes. I think like when you think of yes. like an influencer, I think you think of like someone just sitting in front of their camera at home being like, have you tried this skin cream? It's really nice. And just kind of like taking selfies in places and it feels quite like, like shallow yeah yeah 
but actually like everyone here like has a, a thing that they're building and yeah, they're really purpose. passionate yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's like actually and, and yeah I had a moment yesterday where someone's like you're an influencer and I was like I'm, I, I, I don't want to maybe maybe <laughs> like I'm trying to like support change especially through the work yeah. that we're doing like the XR Health Alliance is trying to like yeah influence the NHS in some way to think about like what sort of strategy you can have for prescribing beautiful immersive experiences for healthcare and it's like okay like that that sounds like influencing but it's yeah. just I think the whole culture of influencing and social media, I find. Um, I mean, it is a loaded term. You're totally right. There's, there's, um, I, I read a statistic and I don't know how they counted them, but apparently there's 9 million influencers in the world. <laughs> it's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> we are all influencing each other. Yeah. Like, I think, and it's just, you know, that, like, that's just what human nature is. It's yeah. just, um, yeah, are people self-labeling as that? Are those just people that are sitting on TikTok going like, try this eye cream? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but I love the idea that we all, we all do have our beliefs and, and we want to, you know, create some sort of change and bring our value systems. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel within the, the influencer community here that's been curated by IC, um, I see, I think they've curated it very well. It's like, I was, I don't know why I was dreading it. Maybe I've got like some sort of cynical side of me. It was like, oh God, I've got to do this. But it was, it, it's just been really refreshing. Cynics are just idealists with awkwardly high standards. <laughs> I like that. So, I can't remember who said it. I want to say like Kirkgaard or someone. But don't quote me on that. So um, we're, we're kind of uh, coming towards the end. Um, we've got about like sort of 10 minutes left. I um, I want to ask you a, a very personal question. Um, if you were to meet um, you when you first became a professional within this um, tech space, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? Oh, this is fun. Mm. Oh, this is fun. Yeah. Um, don't take yourself so seriously okay (laughs) (laughs) i think i just it's really hard with sometimes like doing something that you are so passionate about like what's the quote like the whole do what you love you never work a day it's like work really hard all the time take everything like very personally and and take things really seriously and Mm. like a lot of i i wish i hadn't put so much pressure on myself um especially at the beginning I was so sort of nervous and and you know the whole just like the way that people talk about like running companies as well like you have to work evenings and weekends and sacrifice your life all of that's bullshit by the way and it's all bullshit yeah it's all bullshit so I think like just really sort of uh allowing myself to enjoy it and also like knowing my worth yeah as well I think you're worth a lot by the way oh shucks But it's hard. It's really hard because I think, you know, especially when you're out on your own and you, you kind of just want any opportunity yep. to start with. And then people are like, can you come speak at our event? Or can you do this? And could you do that? And it's just like, but I also need to like live and 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 hopefully I'm bringing value to you yep. as well. And I think like there's this whole thing like you're getting exposure. You should be grateful. It's like a real issue, especially in like the arts world often. Yeah. And so I think like having really like clear boundaries, yep. I think is really important. Um, and having like good mo- role models that, that demonstrate that as well. I yep. think I was really lucky with some of my earlier jobs at Fabrica and Lighthouse. I like, just have an amazing sort of like 
female managers and bosses that really sort of, you know, showed what like great leadership is. That yep. it's about, you know, really like they were like, take your lunch breaks, like don't work evenings, don't work weekends, like and and just do things well. Yeah. You know, I really sort of think about the detail of of how these things unfold. Um, I used to work at the School of Life and they always talked about like enlightened hospitality. Right. All those sort of like little flourishes that really change the experience for people. And I think I've really tried to to bring that into the work that I've done. Amazing, amazing. And, and I'm sure lots of people listening to that would get a lot of value from that. Uh, so thank you so much for your honesty on that. Um, we're coming towards the end. Um, I know there's going to be loads of people that are going to want to get in contact with you. What's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Um, I am on the internet in various places. Um, so my Twitter is at Sarah Tico, T-I-C-H-O. Um, and yeah, LinkedIn also on there. You can drop me an email. It's on the website. Yeah, what, what's the Hatsumi website? Uh, HatsumiVR.com. I kind of need to change that, but the, the, Hatsumi.com was taken. So Those bastards. Those bastards. <laughs> Not even using it. It's an empty, empty domain page. Damn, million for it. Yeah, HatsumiVR.com. Or if you want to read the report, it's uh, XRHealthUK.org. A fully interactive, very um, extensive report all about the different ways that immersive technology is used in healthcare. Awesome. Uh, lots of resources as well. If you're interested in getting in the space, created a whole sort of further reading page about wow. amazing uh, talks and conferences and papers and organizations that uh, are out there. So yeah, please explore. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really, really value your time. Um, I'm so glad we had this chat. Uh, it's been, it's been cool. Um, oh, go on. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I don't want it to be over. There's so much to talk about. It's getting weird. Um, um, no, but thank you so much. Um, those of you listening, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your messages. Really value you guys sharing this. Again, the hashtag Tiger Heart Chats, all one word. Also, don't forget the ISC hashtag, which is ISC2022. Um, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, please be good. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 